could be a man of courage, of honor, of integrity. You could be the father, the husband, the leader that your family and your community needs. This is the Manlyhood Mancast. Here's your host, Josh Hatcher. Hey guys, Josh Hatcher here for Manlyhood.com. Listen, I want to get this out of the way before we get any further. Yes, I want to sell you something. No, this is not all about me making money. (laughs) And if I did want to make money, so what? I really want this. This is what I want. I want to use Manlyhood to help people. That is why I do it. And if you've been following me at all, you know that I give my best stuff away for free. And I do it all the time. Why? Because I believe that, that I have a calling to help men. And I have... I might even get teary-eyed talking about it. I've been able to help a lot of men. And honestly, most of the time, all I do is I just care. And I love people. And I speak the truth. And most of the time, what I get to see is not even me helping men. It's just men helping themselves and helping each other. And just to be able to be a part of that is exciting for me. So why am I saying that I want you to buy my stuff? Because I want to be freer to do more of this. I want to know that I don't have to... uh, work harder to take on extra work to make ends meet. And I'm not saying that to make you feel bad at me. I, I want to be able to to take the message of manlyhood and I want to make it go as far as I can. Because I believe that in a planet of 8 billion people, about 4 billion of them are men. And a lot of those men don't know that they matter. A lot of those men... uh are struggling with thoughts of suicide. A lot of those men don't know what it means to be a man and they beat women or they abuse children. What if, what if I can catch them before they sour and I can give them something to live for and I can give them some hope just by being me. That's why I want you to buy my stuff because I believe in this that much that I have invested the past almost the past decade of my life into this. I wake up, I eat, I breathe, I sleep it. I I have dreams about it at night. (laughs) And I go to work and I work my butt off so that I can uh, have a job, so that I can have a home, so that I can uh, have my bills taken care of and my expenses taken care of, so that I can do this. And I'm going to keep doing that. But what I want you to do is I want you to support it. So guys, all of that being said, you want to know how to support Manlyhood, go to manlyhood.com slash store. Okay? There is going to be stuff there that you can buy and you can help support Manlyhood. And you can make a difference in somebody's life. So I got my commercial out of the way. But it does open the door into what I want to talk about today, which is the cost of good. We'll be right back in a minute and talk about it. Hey guys, welcome back to the Manlyhood Mancast. I'm your host, Josh Hatcher, and I am so stinking glad that you guys are taking the time to listen to what I'm doing here. Uh, Listen, if you like what you're hearing, make sure you hop on to uh, the iTunes or Spotify or Anchor, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, and I want you to like this and I want you to share it with a friend. I want you to leave a review and tell people that you like it and that you appreciate it. Wherever you listen to your podcast, 
please give us some love because it's going to help us get it in front of more people. So guys, today we're going to talk about this, the cost of good. I'm sure you've heard before that every decision you make has a consequence. And usually we think about that and we think about the cost and those consequences. We think about that with bad decisions, right? You steal something, you get caught. You cheat on your wife, she leaves you for another man or no man. You know, you do the wrong thing and we know there's a cost to it that comes. Sometimes though, there's a cost to doing good. Now I do believe that when we do good, there are rewards. Sometimes they're rewards that we're going to see here and now. Sometimes we'll see them in the next life. You might not believe that. I don't care. I do. But (laughs) I do know that sometimes there's a cost to doing good. And you might not see the reward right away. Sometimes you have to make the right decision and it sucks. I've been there. I've seen that. I've done it. And sometimes that cost might be friendship. You know, it's like, hey, listen, you're living a lifestyle and you're going to places I can't go, man. Um, and it draws you apart and you lose friends. I have a good buddy who's, who's an alcoholic and he's coming out of rehab now. And he's facing that right now as he's seeing that the people that he cares about are the wrong people. They don't care about him. They say they care about him. They enjoy spending time with him. But the only fun they know how to have is with a bottle of booze in their hand. And if he goes back to that, it's going to kill him. He's going to lose everything because he almost, he's lost everything. And if he wants to get it back, he's got to change. But he's going to lose some people that he cares about. That's the cost of doing good. I can think of situations where a boss might ask you to do something dishonest. And your character is just screaming at you. And if you do the right thing, you're going to lose your job. That's the cost of good. I know in my own life, I had a job that, uh, I mean, I actually enjoyed the job, but it, uh, the hours sucked. I was not able to spend time with my family because they could just walk in and say, here's a pile of work. And it would, I'd be there till 10 o'clock at night. And I never knew when it was going to happen. And I worked really hard to try to change the culture a little bit, to get them more organized, to get them on top of things so that I mean, I'd be wasting time waiting to do the work and the work wouldn't come in until too late and I'd be stuck there. And here's my family waiting on me for dinner. And then I'm like, guys, just go ahead and eat. I'll have to eat when I come home at 10 o'clock at night. And another job opening came up. I went and took that job and it failed. So I lost, I, you know, I took that gamble, right? I took the gamble to leave a job that was a crappy job in terms of its hours and its structure to take a job that was a bad fit. And I'm going to tell you what I, uh, did I regret? (laughs) Did I regret leaving the job? Yeah, I kind of did because it cost me. In fact, that job offered me another job. After I lost the job that wasn't a fit, they offered me a job. The pay was good. But it was not a good fit either. It was. It would have been more of the same. 
I know how they treated the last person that had the job. I know that that new job that they were offering me was long hours, no real structure in terms of getting to work on time so that you could get it done. And the greater good at that time was for me to be home with my family in the evenings. And that was the good to be home with my family in the evenings. And so I suffered through a couple part-time jobs until I could get a better job. That was the cost of doing good. You've got to figure out and know the things that you care about and the things that are non-negotiable for you. The things that are your, the things that are, are matters of integrity, those good things. And you got to know what they are. And if someone asks you to go against your values, you don't. And it might cost you. And it sucks that it's going to cost you. But here is the thing. While yes, I know they say no good deed goes unpunished, right? That's that whole concept of the cost of good. I also know that I firmly believe that good things come back to you. And when you put good out there, it comes back to you. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen that true. Um, you know, we're starting out this new year and uh, about a month ago, I watched... We watch it every Christmas. It's a Wonderful Life with George Bailey. And, you know, he wanted to travel the world, right? George Bailey, I want to travel the world. I don't want to be stuck here in this little town. I probably don't sound anything like Jimmy Stewart, but <laughs> he wanted to, he, he, he didn't want to stick around in Bedford Falls. He wanted to go out and, and, and see the whole world. But his dad got sick. So he took over. Then his dad died. and. He realized he had to stay and work. He had to give up the thing that he wanted to do. And then he ended up falling in love. He didn't want to fall in love, but he did fall in love. And then he smeared his face on <laughs> on Mary. You guys ever notice that uh, if you've ever watched It's a Wonderful Life, you'll see that uh, George Bailey doesn't kiss very good. <laughs> he just kind of smears his face on people. But for George Bailey to do what it was that he wanted to do, it was going to cost him. And he just kept doing good. He kept putting good out there. And then he had a moment of crisis where he just lost perspective and he freaked out. But what happened at the end of that movie? Spoiler alert. All of that good that he did for people came back to him. His whole town came back to him. And uh, there's a quote written in the book at the end of it where it says, uh, no man is poor if he has friends, something like that. But that, that idea, that concept that you do good, it will come back to you. I, I believe it. I know it. I've seen it. I've seen it so many times I can't even begin to tell you. One more quick story about that, the cost of good. Uh, several years ago, I was broke. I mean, broke, broke. Like it was right before Christmas. We'd already done our Christmas shopping and it was very meager, like Dollar Tree Christmas. You know, you get a couple presents from the Dollar Tree. We, we didn't have much. And uh, somebody walked up to me at church and handed me a $20 bill and says, God told me to give this to you. And I thought, oh, that's awesome. I can take that and I can get 20 Christmas presents for my family. And I put it in my pocket. 
And then a few minutes later, uh, another guy came up to me and he was not whining. He was not begging, but he just kind of started talking about the situation he was in. And I realized that he had a need. And as I, as he was telling me that I could feel that $20 bill in my pocket. It literally felt hot. Like it was like my legs were burning from the $20 bill in my pocket. (laughs) You know, you hear that, Oh, is your money burning a hole in your pocket? It literally felt like that. And against my better judgment, my selfish judgment, really, I reached in my pocket and I pulled it out and I said, uh, the same thing that other guy told me. I said, God told me to give this to you. I mean, I didn't hear God say, give him the $20. It just, you know, when you just know it's the right thing. Yeah. It was the good that I, that was there. The cost of it was I didn't have 20 little Christmas presents extra under my tree for a dollar each. And, you know, it was one of the situations where it was literally the last of the money I had because I didn't have any money before that. <laughs> I had paid the bills and I had bought Christmas, you know, some meager Christmas presents. So here I am. I literally gave the last of the money I had. <laughs> and the, the look on the guy's face was like, I, I didn't mean, I wasn't trying to ask for any. I said, I know you weren't, but you have a need. And somebody just handed this to me and said, I, God told me to give it to you. And so I'm giving it to you because I feel the same thing, man. So anyway, uh, we went to our Christmas Eve's Eve service at church in the evening. And then I came home, opened the foyer door and walked into the house. And there was an envelope on the floor that said, Merry Christmas Hatchers. And they had like 2,500 bucks in it. And it was just one of those moments where I know Yes, there was a cost to good. This was a very fast turnaround. And it was, I mean, almost supernatural, but it is what it is. But there was a cost to doing good. For me to give him cost me, cost my kids. I didn't think I was going to get it back. I do believe, whether in this life or the next, when we do good for people, we do the right thing. We make the right call. We do the right thing. And we live according to our values and our principles. It will reward us eventually. But for right now, it might be hard and it might cost you. Don't lose hope. Don't give up. Just keep doing good. Just doing good, honestly, is its own reward. And sometimes it's enough of a reward. Anyway, guys, that's the cost of doing good. We're going to come back in just a little bit, and we're going to have our Ask a Man segment. Thanks for listening. Hey, guys. If you're not following uh, Manlyhood on Instagram, it's at Manlyhood. On Twitter, it's manlyhood.com, but instead of a dot, it's D-O-T. I don't know. Somebody got Manlyhood before I even started Manlyhood, like at Manlyhood, and then I like kept trying to get it back, and I don't know. Twitter's dumb. So... <laughs> It's manlyhood.com, manlyhood, D-O-T-C-O-M. Uh, and then on Facebook, there's manlyhood.com and the Manlyhood Man Cave, where if you're a man, you can join and we can talk and have discussions. A lot of guys in there will ask me questions, and a lot of the questions that we ask are coming from there, but they don't have to. So here is uh, the question. Again, kind of interesting how this one worked out because we were just talking about the cost of doing good. And this is a money question. I'm $20,000 in credit card debt and God only knows how much in student loan debt. I barely make enough money to get by. What do I do? 
All right. Little secret. I am not the best guy to ask about money. Never ask a broke guy for money advice. And I'm not saying I'm broke. But I am saying I made a lot of dumb decisions. (laughs) I've also read a lot of books. So what I can do is I can tell you where I've learned things. And I can point you in the direction of where you're going to learn what you need to learn. Okay? So you are $20,000 in credit card debt and a ton of student loan debt. And you don't make enough to make ends meet. Okay. So... Like I said, I am I don't know everything there is to know about money, and I'm probably not the best person to answer your question, but I know who does know a lot about money and does know a lot about debt and can answer that question, and I've learned from him, so I'm going to tell you what he says. Dave Ramsey, okay? Dave Ramsey, financial guru. Look him up. He's got his own podcast. Uh, he's also written several books that can help you uh, and has a, a class program that gets taught all over the country called financial peace university. I have learned a lot from him and I am working on putting it into practice. So I will tell you this. He says that if you are not making enough money, you either need to spend less or make more money. That's really profound. I'm going to say it again. If you don't have enough money, you either need to Spend less or make more money. So having been in your situation, maybe not quite the same figures, but I've been in your situation where I had debt, quite a bit of student loan debt, and have felt like I would never get out of it. First of all, there's a proverb in the Bible. Whether you believe in the Bible or not, it makes sense. It says the borrower is a slave to the lender. So when you borrow money, you are basically selling a part of yourself to somebody and they own you and it sucks. And that feeling that you feel of being owned and underwater with it is because you are. And uh, debt is something to be avoided. Can you use debt? Yes, you can use debt. You can use it as a tool, but it's not ideal. So you have $20,000 in credit card debt. Step one, cut up your credit cards and stop spending anything on credit cards. Don't do it. You're paying interest. You're paying a lot of money to use somebody else's money. If you don't have enough money to make ends meet, then you need to do a budget, see what you're, where you're spending your money, and you need to cut back. And if you have cut back everything that you could possibly cut back, so I'm saying, okay, we were eating this kind of food, now we're eating beans and rice, and... We were paying for Netflix and Amazon and Hulu, and now we're just going to cut back and we're going to read books from the library and rent DVDs from the library for free. Um, <laughs> you know, Now you've done all these things and you've cut that budget back down to what it needs to be so that you can debt snowball. Again, look it up, Dave Ramsey, the debt snowball, so you can pay off that credit card debt. Um, and if it's still not enough money, then you need to make more money. So then that means that you need to look at what do I do about that? Do I need to talk to my boss and ask for a raise or ask for more hours? Do I need to take on a second job temporarily so that I can get ahead? Do I need to dust off my resume and look for a better paying job? Probably a combination of all of those. And a lot of people just think, oh, well, I'm just going to keep working at the as a barista at the coffee shop and I'm going to make ends meet. You're not. Uh, you need to budget well 
and you need to, to skimp that down and you need to start paying off that debt. And if you're not making enough money to do it, you've got to find a way to do it. You can always get a job delivering pizza or driving an Uber. Uber or Lyft can be a great way to make some extra cash. Uh, find a way to get some residual income coming in if you can, if you've got those opportunities to do that. But whatever you do, don't rack up more debt. Um, if you've got student loan debt and your income is low, there is an income-driven repayment plan. I know that the student loan companies, some of them have, especially if they're federal loans, uh, where they'll look at your income and they will cut your payment, your monthly payment down to something that's more reasonable. You can also look at some uh, credit or debt uh, consolidation services where they would take, instead of having all of you know, multiple credit, $20,000 spread across multiple credit cards, you can whittle that down to one payment, get your payment a little bit lower, and then pay more on it so that you can pay it off faster than the minimum. But be careful with those because sometimes they're shysty. So you want to make sure you get a good one of those. Uh, again, Dave Ramsey is where I'm going to send you for resources for that. Um, you might not like how he says what he says, but what he says is always good and always true. And I'm learning and I'm putting it into practice myself and in my own life. So if you've got money questions, I'll give you the answers that I know, but anything I tell you, I'm learning from Dave Ramsey. So that's where I'm sending you. Look him up. <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you for your asking, man. If you've got a question you want to ask me, send it to me and we'll get it on the air. And I'm going to go talk to other guys too. Uh, we're going to get some other, other men answering some of these questions for you guys. So glad you guys could be with us this week. I love you. I care about you. And I'm glad that you chose to make the Mainland Mancast a part of your week. If you want to be a better man, check out our website, manlyhood.com, for blogs, videos, and more from our Manlyhood team. And you can also join our private Facebook group, Manlyhood Man Cave, where you can meet up with a band of brothers who will challenge you and help you on your journey of manhood. This episode is produced by Hatcher Media for manlyhood.com. Our manly theme music is from Austin Sterling and also from Mark Cruz. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to the show. Tune in again for more of the Manlyhood Mancast.